Hello Puggies and welcome to the Pug Life Show brought to you by Pug Parties because your pug deserves to be the best dressed pug at the porty and you can check out their outfits at pugparties.com. I'm your host Donna and with me are my puggy co-hosts Charles and Rosie. This week our guest is author Patrick Ford talking about his children's book Tales of Two Naughty Pugs, The Great Bone Robbery. The book is centred on pug brothers Louis and Zucci, who have built a robot Labrador to steal the world's tastiest bone. And unless two hounds from the dog police can arrest the pugs and find the bone, everyone will be in the poop. It's a great read for any age, and this episode will give you some wonderful insights into the characters and what is happening next for Louis and Zucci. I want to mention that this episode was recorded as part of our live stream series. So if you want to watch the show to see the pictures of the characters discussed, then please use the link in the show notes to watch the replay. And before we start, I want to remind you to subscribe to our newsletter in the show notes so you get advance notice of our next episode and much, much more. Patrick, thank you Hello. so much for joining me tonight. It is wonderful to see you and it looks beautiful where you are. Thank you very much. Yes, I'm in the United Kingdom um, just after eight in the morning. We've got a sunny morning, um, beautiful summer's day. So, so jealous. It's blowing yeah. a gale and I'm, I'm waiting for it to start raining again. We did. Oh, no. And my hair is still windblown from the puck. Oh, dear. I'll, I'll try and send the good weather back over to you. Yes, please. Okay. So thank you so much. Um, I, uh, As I was just saying before we, we come on um, yeah. to record, I received your book a couple of days ago. So I yeah. managed to read all Fantastic. of it and absolutely loved it, had so much fun. Um, but I also don't want uh, don't want to, spoiler alert, um, mm. ruin, the, uh, ruin the end. So my first question is going to be tell us a little bit about yourself um, and the book and the key characters, because there were there were loads through it. I loved it. Sure. Um, well, I, I currently work as an estate manager, um, looking after a property in Kent in England. Um, I did a similar job for an American family with my wife, Liz, about 10 years ago. So we, we looked after a very nice house, we, um, uh, swimming pool, gardens. And part of our job was to look after two pugs. Um, two pugs are, were, they've, they've passed over onto the Rainbow Bridge, Louie and Zuki. So it was then about 10 years ago when I, I got to know pugs for the first time, and in particular these two characters. Um, about seven, seven years ago I was mowing a lawn. So what I do, part of my job, I've got a big 15 acres lawn to mow. It was a hot summer's day. I was mowing up and down. I began thinking about the two pugs and wondering if they were still around, what they were doing. And I had a cheese and ham sandwich for lunch. And somehow from that, I begin, began thinking, oh, I wonder if, I know they're probably not around with us now, but I think with the characters, there might be a story. Mm. And so I, I had the idea of writing a story. Now, I, I hadn't, this is my first book, so I hadn't written since um, I was probably a teenager where at schools I went to, we did write stories. Mm. Um, 
And so the idea began to germinate. Um, and I, it was also the time of Brexit. We had, on this particular day, our Prime Minister, Theresa May, was having a particularly hard day. And I, so I began thinking, oh, could there be a, a prime minister that could rule a country where we didn't have any problems, we didn't have any disagreements, that everyone had a good time? And I began thinking, United Kingdom, United Capedom. Oh, okay. So what is the United Capedom? Well, it's an island. I live on an island, but this isn't. So then the thought's going, okay, this is not an ordinary island. This is a circular island. This is a circular island divided into four pieces of the same size, like the four quarters of a piece of cake. Yes. So what are these countries called then? Eggland, Sconland, Pyland, Waffles. And with my cheese sandwich, I thought, my prime minister of the United Kingdom is cheese sandwich. And so that was the initial idea. Um, and as I find, I'm sure any, anyone who embarks on a, writing a story for the first time, the easy part is actually the idea. Mm. The hard part is then, well, where's the story? So I wrote probably five drafts over a period. Sometimes um, the writing flowed very quickly. Sometimes it mm. didn't. Um, at a point when I felt... I've actually got something. I then sent it to um, an editorial uh, professional for some advice. And the advice that came back was very good, which was trying to inject more pace into it, um, take out some of the adult jokes and references, um, try and keep it to a 30,000 word framework. Mm -hmm. um, so I took that advice on board. And I found, okay, now, now I've got a structure. Now I think I know what I'm going to do. Um, and then the idea seemed to begin to fall into place. Um, where I got specific ideas from was, you know, I, I always like, you know, the robberies and the heists and the detective things, you know, fast-moving stories. I like um, film noir. I like hard-boiled detective stories. And part of that is because the writing or the dialogue are short sentences. Mm -hmm. So you're kind of moving. So I felt if I can keep that, that keeps me going. Um, I'll try and write short chapters so that you finish. And hopefully, as a, as a reader, you then want to go on to the next one and keep the story going. So I found eventually, and it's probably only in the last um six months that it kind of really all fell into place so I, I i kept my notes kept the drafts took out what i thought was rubbish or wasn't working tried to keep what i hope is is good fast hopefully amusing um and to create a story that also finishes where the next tale of two naughty pugs can kick off so i'm actually about halfway through the next Tale of Two Naughty Pugs, which I've set in Egypt. I know. I sort of, uh, having read, finished reading it this morning uh, in preparation for this afternoon, having only just gotten it, I devoured it because one of my questions was going to be, 
this feels like it's not just one book. And um, and my question was going to be, mm. I got to the end and I went, oh, my God, now I've got to wait for the next book, which yeah. obviously is what you intended to do. But I thought yeah. my, my question was going to change from is there going to be a book two to when am I going to see book two? <laughs> Well, I, I plan initially um, a book a year. Um, if, if the writing gets faster, yeah. um, then it may be quicker. But I, um, as an overall thing, I plan five books. Um, book two, I know where it's going, so I'm halfway through. I've got the plot in my mind. I know where that's going to finish. I'm pretty certain about book three, which is going to be called The Tower of Pizza. Ooh. Num, 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 num. <laughs> Oh, well, you um, can see Charles is licking. <laughs> book four, I don't know, but I know about book five. So I kind of want to bring the story, not, not to an end. I'm not going to you know, do horrible things of bumping characters off, but I think five, five books in the series should be enough because I've got another idea for another series of books that I want to write after that. Mm-hmm. So just to say book two... Um, I'm, I'm really enjoying writing, and I think that that's one of the things. And I, I felt with the writing, and it sounds very egotistical, but if I'm enjoying it, that helps me to to keep motivated and to think, mm. I want to know what's going to happen. And the only person who knows that is me. So I know I can sit sit down at my computer and think, okay, and I'll write something, and, and hopefully, and then I, you know, it's then you you go back and you look at things, you take the reality check, which is, have I forgotten the reader here? Am I enjoying it too much? Have I forgotten the story? Mm. Do I need to get these characters back? Are there too many characters? So there are quite a lot of quite a lot of questions you try and um, ask yourself. Best piece of advice I've had is from my wife Liz, who when I've got carried away. She said, well, what have you called it? Tales of Two Naughty Pugs. Well, write about the pugs. So essentially, <laughs> it's that. They, they are the heroes. They'll be the, the heroes of book one. They're the heroes of book two. Um, although in book two, I've got a, a reasonably big role for a character called Niffy Smell. Now, yes. you've, you've just read the book, but I can't really talk about Niffy Smell because the um, – he but comes, he's, he's he a giant pug. He's a giant pug, yes. four times the size of Lou Inzuki. And he's got this amazing power, which I perhaps won't let the reader No, don't give it away because it is. I won't give that away. Part. And you but, don't realise, you do introduce him at the start of the book. And, it, and I have to admit, initially to me it felt like he was one of those passing characters in the plot. Yeah. Um, and then when he popped back up later in the book, I was like, oh, oh. Was yeah. it? I wasn't expecting that, which was lovely. Yeah, I, I thought it was an interesting thing, and I think it probably doesn't spoil the plot, but um, how the two pugs meet this giant pug um, is, I, I think it's often like life, that, that basically the pugs have been bullied. Mm. But the pugs said at a later point that everyone needs a second chance. And they, they then find out the reasons why this giant pug behaves the way he does. And it's Zuki who, who says, in life, everyone needs a second chance. So they give Niffy smell the second chance and he becomes part of this pack. And he plays quite an important role in book two. Um, 
the one that's set in Egypt. So yeah. he will play a part, but he'll only appear in, in book two. So I'm, I like the, the idea of getting um, other pugs in, but I don't want to overload the stories. Mm. Essentially, it's always Louis and Zuki, Louis, who I, I call the criminal mastermind. He's the one who comes up with all the ideas. He's the one who's absolutely driven by a promise he's made to a lady pug, which is to get her the world's tastiest bone. And it's Zuki who's got all the practical skills who, who helps his brother to do this. So between them, they do all these naughty things. They know they're naughty, but also they want to put things right. But what's going to happen in book two is the more they try and put things right, the worse it becomes for them, the bigger the trouble. So I'm, I'm enjoying that idea of, you know, they want to give this bone to this uh, lady pug, Lucy Lou, yes. but there are there are obstacles in the way all the time. So to overcome the obstacle, they have to do something naughty again to get her the bone. So and they, they're, they're literally building up this huge list of naughty things they've done, which I think come book five, I'm thinking of a little appendix of all the naughty things they've done. <laughs> They built well, a robot laboratory. They stole the, the world's tastiest bone. Yeah. <laughs> so but there's, there's a lot of, I think, a lot of potential um, fun, potential tales, the naughtiness. Um, and I'll always have my detective dogs, who are based on my dogs, chasing them and trying to catch them and never quite being able to do so. Um, so, you know, it's a kind of, I guess, a standard device, but it's it, it's fun. And so book five will be, do they finally catch them? And what, what, what happens with the relationship between the naughty pugs and the police dogs? Is, is, that's going to be one of the little minor, minor themes. Oh, lovely, because it was Inspector Pickle and Detective Biscuit. Yes. If I remember right. correctly, this Detective Pickle was the dash hound. And yeah, let me... Inspector Pickle was the dash hound and Detective yeah. Biscuit was the bloodhound. I've got, uh, hopefully, <laughs> you can see these, these yes. giant, it's an A3. Um, Inspector Pickle is the bearded dash hound. <gasps> and Detective Charles, Biscuit, Charles them. <laughs> he, he's barking at him. And then Detective Biscuit is the bloodhound. So, yes, as, as I uh, mentioned to you, the, these dogs are based on my dogs. But my dogs um, are Swedish foxhounds. Mm. So anyone who doesn't know a Swedish foxhound, and that's probably 99.9% .9 of the world, yes. um, think of a beagle, but a Labrador size. And although I'd love to have used them in, in the book, I felt that because people aren't familiar with the breed, that the, the characters also needed to be different. And I think that the difference in size, um, most people have heard of bloodhounds, most people have heard of the sausage dog or the dashwood. And I thought that's a nice combination in which also the inspector is Pickle, so he's Biscuit's boss. And I think that, that size thing is also interesting in terms of the relationship between the two. Um, and in terms of the characters of Inspector Pickle and Detective Biscuit, Inspector Pickle always dashes to conclusions. 
Oh, yes. There's a quick pun there on, on Dash Hunt. <laughs> Whereas Detective Biscuit always weighs up the evidence and thinks about things. So, uh, and again, I won't spoil the plot, but I think there's just a little interesting thing at, um, it, towards the end of the book that explains a little bit about the relationship between the two. Mm. And that um, thing I, I hope to kind of, should we say, resolve a bit more in, in the second book, the relationship between the two dogs. So I think all the time I've, and as the writing is, is developing, there are relationships between Louis and Zuki, the two detectives, um, my lovely Prime Minister Cheese and her husband Ham. Um, and if I could quickly show, because the book has got a black and white illustration, Mm. Uh, oh, that's the colour one, yes. Cheese wears a rainbow suit. Yes. And doesn't she look gorgeous? I love it. I do and, love uh, it. And Ham is a writer. So that's that's her Prime Minister's suit. So <laughs> oh, right. She looks, wow. Imagine your, yes. your Prime Minister standing up in his. <laughs> Couldn't see him doing it, to be in honest. In a rainbow suit. Wow. <laughs> Now, the one thing that I did um, as I was sort of, um, I found, I loved the plot and the way it um, developed over the book. And it it felt to me, and I don't know if this was intentional or not, but it felt like um, almost like a pub walk where there's always, the, it's never a straight line. There's always mm. these little um, plot twists that you sort of, things like talking about um, the relationship with um, Inspector Pickle and Detective Biscuit those are, it just reminded me of what it's like walking Rosie and Charles. There's it's yeah. never a straight line. There's always yeah. these sort of like all of a sudden we're gonna zip off here, like sort of stuff, which is what I absolutely yeah. love. Yeah. And the things that I sort of um I love to the fact that sort of there was the romance with Miss Lucy Lou, if I remember correctly, um she yeah. was the best smelling pug in Hide and Seek Park. Yeah. yeah. Yes, that was what attracted Louis. Um, yeah. And then obviously there was this cunning plan with the robot Labrador, which I love. Mm. Um, and then things like wrongful arrests and escapes and police chases and just, yeah. uh, you know, holidays away to, um, what was it, the Canine Islands? The Canine Islands, yeah, it's a lovely Absolutely destination. Loved it. There was, yeah. You are right, there is so much going on inside this book. And as I said before we, we started the interview, um, I found the entire time I was reading the book that my partner sort of would come out and say, what are you laughing at? And I'd, be like, <laughs> and I'd, I'd read paragraphs to him and and he sort of, pugs have always been my passion. He got to marry into it um, and he'd just look at me and go, are you serious? And he just he walked back to whatever he was doing with a smile on his face. So he didn't even have to read the entire book um, to just get a little bit of um I suppose, like, get the pun and the adult appreciation of what was just a fantastically written phrase. I'm just trying to think. I have to, there was one, because, um, of course, I tabbed my book. There were so oh. many things um, that I sort of I wanted to or I hoped to actually um, to say, particularly the, oh, this particular one, however, using the dictionary's definition of pug and naughty, the yeah. police have enough circumstantial evidence yeah. to try not only yeah. Louis and Zucci, but all the pugs in the United Kingdom. Yes, it's devastating. That, that is devastating. It's a bombshell. I know. I mean, that is so shocking like, for all pug owners, isn't it? Yeah. Oh my god! Like pugs, just everybody thinks they're naughty, and they're not. <laughs> well, of course, well, 
I, I, I don't think building a robot Labrador to steal the world's tastiest bone is naughty. I think it's, well, it's <laughs> something that every pug should think about. <laughs> Absolutely. As we were talking before, obviously, you with Louis and Zucci and myself with Winston and Charles, Charles's brother. Um, yeah. The things those two used to get to um, get up to. Now, Amish, in the book, um, Louis and Zucci were rescues. Yes. Winston and Charles were also, which was why I said I kept finding all these parallels for me personally. Yeah, yeah. But are the real Louis and Zucci rescues or were they one of the lucky pugs that had a forever home to begin with? Yeah. Um, as I say, we, look, we looked after them for an American family um, and they they were one of the, luck, the lucky ones. Um, but part of the idea for the, the, the rescue home, pugs coming from the rescue home, is my wife, Liz, works for a, a local dog rescue home um, every Sunday. So she walks, um, you know, many, many breeds of dogs and, of course, will come back with the stories of how they got there. Um, and, and some, of course, you know, will be absolute horror stories. Some will be, well, I understand why they're there. Um, but then you, you get the, the happy stories when the right person comes and picks up the right dog for them. So, so the idea of um, the, the, the pugs in my book coming from a, a rescue home was sort of based on what, what Liz does. And I, and I think it's also, um, you know, without sounding too pompous, um, we, we can spend thousands on breeds, can't we? we? We can look at crafts, for example, and we can look at, you know, beautiful Pomeranians, beautiful um, dogs from all over the world. Um, and then if you think, well, I want that beautiful Pomeranian, I want my dog to be that, that crafts level, and then you look at the prices that are there. And I often think, well, what, what's a, a dog, I think, um, when you see one and you're thinking of taking one, your heart has to make the leap. Mm. Not, not your ego, not saying, oh, I'm, I'm going to get this beautiful Pomeranian because it's unusual, it's expensive. But I think if your heart makes the leap and vice versa, if the dog then sees you and you've got that thing, then that, that's what it's about. And if it comes from a rescue home, even better, if you can then give that dog hopefully a better life than it had or in the, in the circumstances where the owner has passed on, then continue that good life. Then you, you've done a great thing for the, for the animal. Um, and I often feel sometimes when I'm really grumpy, um, and I think all, all dog owners will say this, you can come back home, you can be the world's worst person, you can have the world's worst day, but when the big brown eyes look at you and the tail wags, there's nothing better because you, you feel the dog then makes you feel human. Uh, and that there is, you know, it's a, it's a unique relationship that, that people have with dogs, and I think that that thing is, um, and so many people say, well, who's your best friend? Well, my dog is. My dog doesn't let me down. Two-legged people, you know, the two legs can do and frequently do, but the four legs, <laughs> by and large, unless they steal a robot lap, um, um, well, <laughs> to phone and get you into trouble, <laughs> don't let you down. Wow, Puggies, 
I'm loving this episode and I hope you are too. If you haven't already subscribed to our newsletter, then please click on the link in our show notes so you get advance notice of our next guest. And don't forget to join our Facebook group, Live in the Pug Life, so you can be the crazy pug lady you've always wanted to be with our other like-minded crazy pug ladies. Now it's time to get back to the show. Now, speaking of the tastiest bone, because uh, yeah. I don't know if this is a trade secret and it's going to be in one of the, in the next book, but um, the, uh, the tastiest bone is the tastiest for a number of reasons, but one of them is, is it has 57 herbs and spices. Yeah. Are we going to find out, like the KFC chicken recipe, are we yeah. going to find out what the 57 herbs and spices are? Well, I, I've, I've really enjoyed this idea because I want to tease the reader. I might um, give you 56, oh, and then I no. might ask you, the reader, <laughs> to come up with the 57th. And, and the, the idea about that, you know, because it's um, obviously, you know, the Heinz 57 varieties was probably... Yes running through my um my head um but the key the key to this the world's tastiest bone um for for those who uh, might, might want to read the book belonged to an ancient egyptian king who was a pug and, and the pug's name was Tutankhamun. and the world's tastiest bone was a wedding present to his queen another pug of course Queen Pug Bag of Fleas. So this was his present, the world's tastiest bone. In book two, I reveal um, the, the cook who invented it. His name is Cough Sweet. Um, and in book two, we, we're looking at, oh, well, a bit I've just written, so I can't tell you. Um, but yes, it's 57 herbs and spices, and over the years, these herbs and spices have just blended, and I think I, I say uh, from a single note or a single voice into a glorious choir of deliciousness. So where, where the quest for the world's tastiest bone for Louis and Zuki is, is once they get it, they are so, so tempted to eat the bone. But Louis says to Zuki and vice versa, it's for Lucy Lou. We can't have it because when a pug makes a promise, they never break the promise. So Louis has promised to get Lucy Lou the world's tastiest bone. And that's drives him throughout this little adventure. I've made a promise. Pugs don't break a promise. No, and I, I had actually written that down as something, and I'd underlined it when I was reading the book. A pug always keeps their promise. Yeah, I absolutely yeah. loved that line. Yeah, yeah. I, I am certain that there are pug owners everywhere that would be able to say absolutely. As you were saying before about pugs are just, um, they're so unique. They're, yeah. Although they're technically a dog, they really are a child on four legs and there are some things for them that are just um, unbreakable. And I just, when I read that line, mm. it really just, it just went in my head and went, oh, my God, four pugs in my life in the last 20 years, yeah. every one yeah. of them have intuitively lived like that. Yeah. I think it's interesting. When I first met them, so um, Liz and I 
looking after this house, the, the family were going to fly over from, from the United States um, to join us. So but what they did, they sent the pugs over first. Um, so within five minutes of meeting us, um, Zuki, the, the brown pug, chose me as his human, literally within five minutes. So he jumped up um, onto a bench I was sitting and we, we bonded. And so I'd never met the pug before. I was told Zuki has had separation issues. Oh, yes, anxiety, yes. Anxiety issues. And um, it's probably about day two. I was having a shower and I turned around and, oh, my God, what the hell is that? <laughs> and it was Zuki coming to the shower. Yes. <laughs> to follow me. He couldn't, couldn't let me go. Um, Bear in mind, my, my job was to work on grounds and get a tennis court ready, a swimming pool ready, um, plant a vegetable patch, um, keep, keep a house clean. Zuki was always there within a foot, two foot. Yeah. Um, so he was incredibly loyal, and it was always me rather than my wife, Liz, who he would yeah. gravitate to. Whereas it's so interesting then with the character of Louis. So both those pugs, um, I think they're cousins was the actual relationship in, in terms of um, how they were. Um, Louis was totally different in character, mm. was quieter. Zuki was the alpha. Um, oh, yeah. um, Louis was would always sit and watch. And, and this is the thing why I think, you know, with the criminal mastermind idea for the, <laughs> the book, he's always looking and observing and storing information, whereas Zuki was a lot more spontaneous, um, ebullient. Um, Zuki had problems with his eyes. Um, his, mm. his vision was very poor. Oh, yes. Um, so one thing that, um, would happen. I could throw him a pine cone. He'd chase it, but then he'd be fifty meters beyond it because he he couldn't he see where the pine cone was. was. And his his other interesting um, behavior characteristic was when an aeroplane flew over. So where we were was uh, we worked near um, La Rochelle, which is near Bordeaux, in, comparatively near to Bordeaux mm -hmm. in France. Zuki would always bark at the aeroplanes. And I, so I would say every day an aeroplane came up, Zuki, aeroplane, see it off, get that plane out of the sky. Good, good boy. Chasing well that nasty aeroplane out of the sky. <laughs> so um, he, he was great fun and um, very, very quick story. The idea for um, the character of Niffy Smell, who, who politely um, has a very powerful bottom, Yes. Um, came from a day I was, um, I had to go to the supermarket, I think, and Zuki came with me. He sat in the passenger seat. I'm, I was on a, a big um, major road in France, um, and all of a sudden, Zuki's bottom spoke to me. <laughs> and how I didn't cause an accident that day, I do not know. <laughs> I was desperate to find the window, um, to get the windows open. Um, one of the kind of running jokes I have in, in the story of the Great Bone Robbery is the detectives always take clothes pegs yes. in, in case <laughs> suspects um, get, 
get anxious and start <laughs> farting. So that that's a sort of running joke. Oh, where are the clothes pegs? Where are the clothes pegs? Boom. And the the pugs use that um, the power of their bottom wind in, in fairly early on when they're being um, questioned by the police, and it's quite a it's a good tactic to help them as the story progresses. Yes, no, I love that, and I have to admit, I think uh, everyone who's uh, who's watching this interview, they're all going to be doing what I was just doing, which is laughing. Having, uh, having experienced at least once, I have to admit, Rosie and Charles are more full-face sneezing pugs, but every no, now and again, no. if there's something that upsets their tummy, um, oh God, God help you. you, you <laughs> it, it, it is literally impossible to describe in human terms, <laughs> but, but it is, you know, it can destroy buildings, I think. And, um, My father warm, used to say, how can that come out of something so small? <laughs> Yes, yes. I feed them proper food, and yet the end product. Um. Oh no! It's just, it was lovely because before we started, uh, we were talking about the fact that, um, like my Winston, who was a gobble pug, um, very gutsy, um, would do similar things um, as Louis, and somehow yeah. manages to get on tables and. Um, and I've got uh, I've got one um, pug mum from Playgroup. Her she has a pugalier, which is a pug cross cavalier. Um, mm. She caught him climbing up a bookshelf, which was next to the kitchen table, um, and then stretch his body over. I'm amazed that this shelf hadn't tipped over, um, but she managed to actually. She had a phone in her hand, luckily, um, and started to record because she said she was so shocked that Gerald could do this. He climbed up, got onto the, the table and yeah. then basically started to devour a chicken that she was planning on <laughs> roast chicken. Shouldn't, shouldn't laugh. That's, that's really naughty. <laughs> I know. It's really naughty. But at the same time, you just look at it and go, how? How yeah. did they come up with this? Yeah, exactly, isn't it? It's so interesting. It's working out the route. Okay, what, what's the aim here is to get the chicken? How yeah. am I going to do that? That the thought process is, yeah, pure naughtiness. 100% in. 100% in. There's no like, I am sure as he was climbing up that bookshelf, he must have thought, I'm going to fall backwards. And it was like, nuts nah, worth, it's worth the going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, it's dear. Very naughty. Insane. So I, I like to end all of my conversations with all of my guests with a question because obviously I love dressing my pugs. Um, and mm. one of the things that I loved reading through the book was the number of outfits that Louis and Zucci um, yeah. changed um, throughout the uh, the time. Yeah. And yeah. so um, hopefully it won't give away but, um, too much of the storyline, but I wanted to know what is their favourite outfit? Suits. It is suits. Fabulous. They love wearing tailored suits. It's a good um, thing they're the pugs of the Prime Minister then. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they're both um, about their appearance very, very vain. Um, yeah, in, the, the, yeah, in, in the book, I, I give them hair. Um, and so, let's see. I've, yes, I was going to say. Um, well, my my illustrator did a very good job. It's actually a little bit difficult yes. to see, but Louis um, parts his hair to the right and Zuki parts his hair to the left. Um, they're both very fond of hair products, their wax, gel. Um, that sort of thing. So ideally, they they like 
suits. They always feel naked when they're, they're not in suits, and, and for most of the story, they are naked. Mm. Um, but at some point, they, they wear onesies. Yes. Um, they also wear swimming trunks when they're on yeah. holiday in the Canine <laughs> Islands, and there's quite a, hopefully, a fun thing with what happens with the swimming trunks. I can't wait. Because they, they have to leave the island very quickly. And- Yes, I can't uh, wait for people to read that part and comment and on I, it. I really like the idea of them using those swimming trunks in that way. Yes. Um, yeah, so it's they absolutely love suits. And um, they're not in suits in the in the second book. Um, but they are they are in disguise because once again they're they're on uh, being chased by the detective. Detective dogs, but second book, my goodness, they've been they've been even naughtier. Um, they really have. I, I, so I'm about halfway at the halfway point, and um, yeah, I, I think there's, there's some chucklesome chuckle giggle stuff there. Yeah, awesome. Well, I'm enjoying it anyway. I hope. <laughs> if nobody else enjoys it, well, I'm happy anyway. So I'm, I'm, I keep myself amused. Absolutely. I can't believe we have to wait until next year before we see it, even though um, my mother used to say anticipation is nine-tenths of the fun. Yeah. Well, I I think it's so interesting with the second book. When I met my illustrator, who's got this wonderful name, Alex Strange, and when we first met, he said, yes, it is a strange surname, isn't it? (laughs) And um, I, I instantly liked his work. Um, I met him at Spitalfields Market in London, um, where he, he's a, a graphics, graphic designer, illustrator, and I really, really liked his work. And I thought, yeah, you're, you're the chap I'd really, really like um, to do the cover. And why, why this was so important for me is, is when I was writing the book, I couldn't, you know, although I'd written a story, I was finding it difficult to actually visualise the mm. characters. Now, apart from Louis and Zuki, um, cheese sandwich, I hadn't quite got in my head how she looked. Yeah. Um, so for me, it was so, so important to have somebody who actually got the story. And by that, I mean um, the, the world of the United Cake, um, the fact that yeah. it was, it's pretty much, it's a cartoon world. Um, although I set it in the United Cake, and, you know, second book is set in Egypt, so I, I will use real geographical locations as well. But what Alex got was the world of the United Kingdom. And if it's okay, just to quickly talk about this brilliant cover. Yes, um, yes. So the story is set in Egdon. Whoops, let me get that. Yeah. Um, and I said, Alex, create something that's Egdon, but, which is essentially based on London. So he did... The clock, Big Ron, which is made out of sponge cake. That's based on Big Ben in London. Um, the Egdon pretzel, that's based on the, the London Eye. Um, the cheese grater, we do have a, a building that we nickname the cheese grater. But obviously that's a reference then to cheese sandwich. Yeah. Um, he's done a great job on... The Museum of Bones, yes. got this giant bone across there, and and when you look at the cover closely, you'll, you'll see the detail of the, the statues um, that he's made dogs 
Mm. And then the key message, no pugs. So this is essentially the problem that the pugs have. They, they want to steal the world's tastiest bone. It's in the Museum of Bones. No pugs are allowed, but Labradors are. So build a robot Labrador to get in is the solution that Louis comes up with to then steal the bone. Just the, the criminal mastermind. Yeah, and just one further point. Um, Zuki here is holding a bottle of chuckle gas, <laughs> which he's stolen from a dentist. Um, and again, that, that plays um, an important role. So if anyone's yes. looking at the cover thinking, I wonder what that is, mm. chuckle gas or laughing gas. Yes. Yeah. No, it's wonderful. So, so Alex has also got the, the cover idea for the next one, which is, is, is going to be lovely. Awesome. No, I can't mm. wait to see. I did uh, when I um, when I got the book. It was nice to actually have the book as opposed. Obviously, you sent me all the pictures for the opening video. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, but it wasn't until I got the book that I could truly appreciate the cover um, and uh, and the detail that had sort of gone into it. Um, even though I have to admit, in my mind, Louis and Zucci were Winston and Charles. I couldn't help myself. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But- it's interesting as long as you're you're reading and you're imagining that that these events could happen. Yeah, that, that's great. Yes, I would believe these two after what they've gotten up to over the years. Yes, I'm talking about you, puppy. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining me today. I had such a wonderful time, and as I said, I loved reading your book. Um, and I'm going to really enjoy reading it to my godchildren when I see them next. I'm going to send it up. Uh, before I actually get to see them because they live in Sydney and I'm obviously yeah. in Melbourne. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's um, just a final um, a final plug. Where can everyone find your book and where can they find you on social media? Um, yes, the, the book, um, Amazon.com, Amazon.co.uk. I know there are a couple of Australian um, online retailers. I can't remember the names at the moment, but um, the easiest thing to do is go onto Google, um, type in the title Tales of Two Naughty Pugs, um, and that, that will come up. So essentially it's available online from Amazon, Waterstones, uh, Barnes & Noble, Walmart, um, Foils, Waterstones, um, there's even I, I found it so interesting that the publisher has managed to to get the book listed in in Japan, oh, wow. um, Denmark, other, other parts of the, the world, uh, France. Um, but essentially, you know, look for the I guess the, the well-known ones: um, Amazon, uh, Walmart, Waterstones. Yeah. Um, I don't know what it is in in Aussie dollars in in. Um, US dollars is nine fifty six pounds ninety nine in UK sterling. Mm, I can't remember what I paid. I have to go back and check. I just I was happy yeah. to buy the book because I actually because um, we sort of met originally through Facebook. Um, yeah. So and your social accounts are called. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Social accounts. Um, Facebook is is my favourite in t- in terms of I I use it every day. Um, I'm amazed to see that there are, I've got 4,000 and something friends, which is astronomical. Um, 
looking at some of your previous videos, I recognise some of the names, like Minnie Crow. Oh, um, lovely, yes. Springs to mind straight away. I, I love her name, and I think I, I might use that name with her permission at some point. I'll have to. So we um, lost Minnie at the start of the year. She was 18. Oh. Um, so her mum, Elvie, runs her, still runs her Facebook Okay, play. okay. Um, but, yeah, the uh, when Elvie and Minnie used to come to our playgroup. So yeah. um, Elvie still has, so Minnie had a younger brother called yeah. um, Jackie, um, and he is, he's a pocket rocket. Wow. He would almost be Louis intelligent, I would yeah. say. <laughs> but, yeah, well, Minnie was wonderful. Yeah. Well, one thing I... I um, We'll, we'll be asking um, Facebook friends for. Um, I love love getting, uh, of course, ideas, but sometimes you, you get names, words, ideas from other people. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm thinking in book three, I want two getaway drivers because there's going to, I'm putting the pugs in a situation where they're once again needing to escape from the police, but they need two dogs, who can drive quickly and get them out of a big situation. So the characters I'm thinking of initially are French bulldogs because in terms of yes. a kind of plot is they can look similar to pugs. Yes. And I kind of want to use them as a decoy so that my pugs can escape and do further naughty things. So what I'll be asking people for is, is I haven't at the moment got names for those characters, I'd be really, really interested. And I think what I'll probably do um, is some sort of giveaway, which is, again, sign, sign copy of the book. Um, give me a couple of names, the favorite names, and it's, it's not a promise, but if they're um, helping to excite my imagination and I really, really like them, then I'll give a, a signed copy to, to those names. So Mini Crow, I absolutely love, love that name. Oh, yes. um, and maybe that'd be a sort of nice way of also, you know, perpetuating uh, the memory. Uh, and and if, if then I get, you know, some ideas as to the character of Minnie Crow, I might be able to uh, adapt those into a character of a getaway driver. Um, and uh, that, that, that's going to be fun, I think. Oh, absolutely! I'll keep yeah. an eye out for it. I'll have to. Uh, I'll have to keep thinking. Mm. And, uh, so and, two getaway uh, drivers. Yeah. Getaway drivers and they're Frenchies. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, Patrick. I really appreciate your time. I had, as I said, loved reading the book and I've loved having a chat with you and getting some of the backstories behind the characters, both real and made up. Um, good luck with the next Thank book. You. I am fingers crossed. Can't wait to see it when it comes out. And hopefully I'll be able to get you back on so we can talk about the next Yeah, I'd love, I'd love to. Yeah. It's, thank you so much for inviting me. It's, it's been great fun. Um, and I hope everyone in Australia gets over the, uh, uh, the lockdown situation, which we've uh, undergone in um, perhaps to a lesser extent than you have. And, mm. and I think part of um, the idea of writing the book, or I think what, what helped me was trying to deal with what's happening around the world and in our own local countries. And again, probably sounds cliched, but um, I think reading funny things, humorous things, things that um, can stimulate the imagination are good, good for us. Um, and if we can try and focus on the good and the happy things in life, then we're going to be better people.
Absolutely. No, it definitely brought uh, brought a smile to my face while I was reading it, so I can vouch for that. Thanks Fantastic. so much, Patrick, and we'll hear from you soon. Great. Thank you, Donna, and thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening to this week's episode of The Pug Life Show. If you liked the episode or if you think it will be useful for someone else, please leave a review over at podchaser.com. And if you've got any questions or want to tell us how much you loved the episode, then let me know over at our Facebook group, Live in the Pug Life, where crazy pug ladies meet to talk all things pug. So until next time, puggies, have a pawsome week and humans be generous with the snackies.